Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode was brought to you by TheDrop.com, where skate, tech, fashion, and culture meets. For orders over $200, use code ASAP at checkout for free shipping. This podcaster named Sean Allen. ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, another uh, Sean Allen podcast. You tapped into ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. Make sure you follow and subscribe. If you're listening on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you're listening on Apple, make sure you rate, subscribe, and write a review. We have a special guest, my friend. I don't even. How long have I known you, Nicole? Man, it's been a how long have time. we known each other? I mean, it's been quite some time. Yeah. We're old now, so I don't even know. <laughs> it's been yeah, almost like it's. Since we were small, we will say that. We'll right. Be safe and say that because I don't want to age myself with the, the, you know, talking about 20 years and shit. So anyway, I got Nicole, my good friend Nicole. We go back. We're from the same place. Entrepreneur, businesswoman, somebody I look up to. You know what I mean? Somebody I admire. Nicole Ray of Red Carpet Hair. Nicole. What's going on, Sean? Say that right. When we When you go do my hair. Sean, you don't even have no hair. Like, what am I going to do to it? Play with the scalp? That's a whole... Did you guys in your salon, did you guys do got, like... Well, I know you do. You do anybody hair with hair, but did you, like, have a barber in there or anything? Man, so we're actually in the process of looking for a new barber. We had a female barber that was super, super dope, and she moved. So now we just don't have one. And when I tell you people come in all the time asking for that, like, if I had time in my life to try to put effort towards that i'll make a million dollars but i don't have time for that <laughs> but like a lot of girls are or women a lot of women are wearing like the shortcut you see yeah, no, I do that, is... right stuff like that like you know if it's for a female I, I mean i know how to cut hair so it's not a problem i have like two male clients that be real serious about their haircuts and it ain't even that serious like they don't get anything over the top serious so i mean i know how to do it that's just not necessarily my forte you know what i mean <laughs> Right, right, right. So we definitely going to uh, dive into the expansion of your business, and it is called the Red Carpet Hair Studio, and that is located in Marino Valley, California. <laughs> How long have you been in business with hair? How long have you been doing hair? 
Man, I mean, doing hair basically my whole life. Like I started as a little kid. I've been doing hair for my whole entire life. I went to cosmetology school while I was in high school, actually on the ROP program. So by the time I graduated from high school, I was done with cosmetology school. But I still didn't know that that was what I wanted to do just yet. But I still did it. You know what I mean? So I went to college to do some other things. And then I worked some other jobs. And then that <laughs> You said to do some other things. Like you... You was in college selling drugs? Like, what no, do you mean, I'm some just other saying, thing? like, I, so I went to college when I, when I originally graduated from high school, I had finished cosmetology school, and I went to college, and I really wanted to be an attorney. Like, I really wanted to fight for justice, and I wanted to argue all the time, and I wanted to be an attorney, and that's really what I wanted to do. So I went to Clark Atlanta University, and about two years into it, they started talking to you, you know, in your political science classes about, you know, the next steps, law school, and this, and that, and that, and the other. And school just was, I did not want to go to school anymore. Like, <laughs> right, right. I did not want to give anybody three more years of my life after I'm giving them four years already. So at that point, I switched <laughs> over to business administration because I was like, well, if nothing else, I'll run some kind of business. You know what I mean? Like, I'll open some kind of business. Right. I'll run some kind of business. And I specialized in, like, finance and stuff like that because I love numbers. I love math. Like, that's my favorite subject in the world. You love money. <laughs> I love money, right? Like, I know how to count the money. I know where it's supposed to be. I know if a dollar is missing. Like, I know everything about everything. So when I got done with college, then I came back to California and I worked at a bank in the collections department, like dealing with, you know, people's accounts and their collections and things. Like that. And I loved it because it basically combined a like of two things that I have. I like numbers, I like money, and I like to argue with people. So not necessarily that you're supposed to argue with people, <laughs> but you know, I mean, sometimes you got to strong arm people. They don't like to pay their bills. <laughs> so that, that was so going funny. awesome. That was going awesome for about like a year and a half until it didn't go awesome anymore. <laughs> but you've always been... Like, since you, since you can remember, you always was doing hair. Yeah, but I always still did hair. So even at that time while I was working at the bank, I still did hair. Like, I still had, like, a full-blown clientele yeah. of my friends, they friends, they mamas. So I had a whole little setup in my house that was meant for me doing hair, you know, because I still love to do it. I just didn't think that the crazy part about it is at that time, Sean, I didn't feel or I didn't know that hair was as big of a business as it is. You know what I mean? And that's sad to say right. because I enjoyed doing it. So I really just did it for the love of the fact that I like to do it. I didn't do it for the fact that I'm like, right, oh, right. I'm going to make a gazillion dollars off of this. I did here because that's just what I love to do. So I just did it. But I thought, you know, that it was a fun thing to do because it was fun for me. I didn't think that it was, you know, a multi-million dollar business. I just thought it was fun. So that's the reason why when I graduated, I didn't take it as seriously as I should have because I'm just like, oh, well, people don't really make money doing this. You know, people do with their hair salons and this and that, but it's not real money in this. Let me go. Let me be an attorney. Let me find a real job. Let me make my millions. Let me do what I'm doing. But you know, when that didn't work out, because as you know, with working regular jobs and things of that nature, you got to answer to somebody. And that's the problem that I have. I have a problem with following the rule. <laughs> right. So you got a problem this, with authority. Yeah. You know, so all this get here at this time, leave at this time, do this, do that. Like that really wasn't my judge. You know what I mean? So. Right, right, right. That wasn't a part of the ministry for Nicole. It wasn't a part of my <laughs> ministry, right? Like all this, like only get a 30 minute lunch break. Like that's so rude. So needless to say, after about a year and a half of doing that, they fired me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. 
you know, so once they fired me, I was like, you know, let me take this time. Let me regroup. Let me think, you know, luckily I have some money saved up. I have some things going on. So I was like, you know, let me give this a shot. Let me try this hair thing. And I got my first job in my first salon and the rest is history. Like it was all up from there. What was your worst job? Um, I worked at McDonald's. That's everybody. For, that was your first. Was that your first job? Or McDonald's was like my second job, actually. So my first first job that I ever had when I first started doing when I first was like 15, 16, I worked at a call center for this place called Pacific Monarch. <laughs> and we tried to get people to, Pacific we tried to get people to come sign up for timeshare presentation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what my first job was, you know, what my first real job was. What was it? Starcris. Oh, really? Everyone worked there. Everyone worked there. Oh, my God. That was my first real job. And then I worked at McDonald's on Elder in Paris. It's still right there, too. Right by the freeway. Definitely still there. Right. So, yeah, that was my (laughs) first job. And the funny thing is, the only reason why I got that job at Pacific Monarch is because all my other friends went to go get that job. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm a people's person. So if the people are doing it, I'm a team player. So three of my other friends was like, we're going to go to this place. They said, you can start tomorrow. You're going to make this money, that money, blah, 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 blah. And boom, I'm like, okay, let's go. So the crazy thing is we all go, we all get the job. Guess who's the only one that actually worked there? Me. Everybody else lasted two <laughs> days and I lasted like three months. Cause I was like, well, this is cool. It's right down the street from my house. It's right down the street from school. We get out of school and we automatically go over there and we work. And you know, all I got to do is sit here and try to tell people to go listen to a timeshare presentation. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. That is so funny. So that was your first job, but your worst job was McDonald's. Yeah, that was my very first job. And then after I stopped working there, then I was, didn't work for a little while. And then I went and got a job at McDonald's. One of the, one of my classmates in in choir at school actually worked at McDonald's. And I was like, I'm looking for a job. And he was like, well, let me tell my manager, blah, blah, blah. And you can come down. So I went there. It was not horrible, but it just wasn't for me. You know what I mean? Like, people are nasty. People are dirty. They try to get you to do all kind of crazy stuff. Thankfully, I worked at a McDonald's that was like, um, it was right downtown Riverside by the Mission Inn. So it was kind of connected to some other businesses. So certain stuff we didn't have to deal with. Like our bathroom was connected to other people's bathrooms. So we didn't have to clean bathrooms and stuff like that because I would have quit day number one. But we did have to like sweep the floor, (laughs) mop the floor every single night and all that stuff. So that was the horribleness of it. You know what I mean? Like the cooking of the food part wasn't that bad. It was just, I don't be having time to clean. Like I don't barely want to mop my own floor. Like why am I mop this big old nasty floor that people don't spill stuff all over? So that was why it was just my worst job ever. Like, and they, they had a lot of favoritism there. So I didn't really get a lot of hours. So like I said, I was still doing hair at that time in my house. So I'm just like, well, why am I showing up here, putting on this uniform, doing all this when I can make this money in my kitchen curling hair? Tony Tone, explain the after show. Man, the after show is a new age Siskel and Eber. Also celebrating a new era of television, film, and music. Gas it or pass it. <laughs> I agree, I agree. What the after show to me is a space where people who look like Tony and I can tap into relive and discuss those iconic nostalgic moments in television and film and just make sure you have fun with us and subscribe and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts yes like on apple spotify iHeartRadio, google Podcasts, pandora amazon everywhere check us out so in my whole career of doing here i've worked at two salons one i worked at for like six years and one i worked at for like seven years 
So, I mean, it was like at least a, a 12, 13 year time span before I actually opened my oh, wow. own salon. Yeah, like, I mean, I was a worker bee for a long time. Like, that's just what I did. You know what I mean? I mean, because, you know, anyone right. who knows anything about doing hair, like when you're doing hair, you're basically your own boss anyway. I mean, you rent a space from somebody at their salon and basically you come and go as you please and you tend to your own clients and do your own thing. But it wasn't, I never even really thought about opening my own salon for a long time because I was just content. Like I was making good money. I still got to do what I wanted to do. I still got to make my own schedule. And I was content with that right. until I started getting a little bit older and I started looking at the business aspect of it. And what really made me want to open my own salon was just looking at how people conduct their business. You know what I mean? So everybody is not business minded. Right. Everybody is not goal oriented. Everyone is not, you know, a push forward type of person. So the last salon that I worked at, like he just didn't care. He's, I'm like, you know, we should paint. Let's make it look new in here. He was like, no, it's fine. I'm like, we should advertise. Let's, you know, get some things going on. He was like, no, it's fine. Like he was content with the way that things were going. So if you're content with that, that's on you. But I can't tell you what to do. It's like living with somebody. I can't tell you what to do at your house. You know what I mean? It's your house and I'm just renting a space. So at that point, I was like, you know, something has to change about this. I'm going to have to, if you want to run your own program, you got to have your own spot. So I started looking for locations and everything just kind of fell into place. Actually, like it, it kind of was like it was meant to be because I honestly, my right hand of God, I never ran into any roadblocks when the situation was coming. I found the building. We negotiated the terms. They went for it. Um, I found a company that could do the build out and everything for me. I, you know, so it's it oh, kind so of you. So you make you doing construction too. You found a spot and you said, like, I want this wall here. I want this. I want that. So right. You, the beauty of it was the location that I found used to be a hair salon for a long time. It was a hair salon for at least probably like 20 years or something like that, but it had been vacant for like five years. And that was the one so, closer to your house in Marino Valley Ranch. No, that was that's the on, one. Where, I have I have a suite over there. That was the suite that I have for okay, like okay. seven years. So my salon, it's the my salon is actually moving about the island in Paris now, which is still down the street from where I used to live before. But um, it's about twenty minutes from where I'm at. But the beauty of it was because anybody that knows anything about hair salons, like the main thing is the plumbing. Like you got to have enough plumbing to support shampoo bowls, to support you know things of that nature. So because this had already been a salon before it made it easier for me to just come in and just do a little bit of remodeling and a little build out and the plumbing and everything like that was already there. And what year was this when you got your own salon? Um, it was five years ago in January. I actually got the building in like November of 2015 and we opened the doors January of 2016. Okay, so you've been in business for, what, six, seven years as a salon owner? As a salon owner, yep. So where you were before was your, you were renting a suite, and where you are now in Sunny Me, you own the building. Exactly. As a as a black woman, what is the what were the roadblocks or the, the hurdles you had to overcome in, you know, starting a business? And, you know, we, you know, our women love hair. You know, black women love hair. You know, your mom be fly in her hair. My mama, so that's a that's just a part of our 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 culture. It's a fixture in our culture, hair. But as easy as it may sound, uh, you know, opening the business and you know owning the building and shit. What were the hurdles that you had to overcome and like 
you know, the financing, the funding, the the business like like what was that process? Um, the crazy thing about it, um, uh, I, I necessarily wouldn't say that there was any hurdles. It's definitely a lot of red tape. It's definitely a lot of paperwork and things of that nature, which some of that stuff was what I do and some of it wasn't, you know what I mean? So I was, the beautiful thing about being a hairstylist or the beautiful thing about being in any kind of customer service type of based business where you have intimate personal relationships with people is that you come across all kinds of different people from all different walks of life, you know what I mean? So I literally had customers that helped me through every single step. Because if I don't know something about something, I'm not going to act like I know something about it. But guess what? I know somebody that does know something about it. You know what I mean? So when I tell you I had customers that are in the financial industry, I had customers that are in the business industry. I have customers that are lawyers. I have customers that are real estate people. So it kind of was good because it's like, you're not going to get over on me or you're not going to tell me something that I can't find out in research because I have people that are in that industry that are going to look at this paperwork for me and they're going to make it happen. You know what I mean? So before I ever even looked into getting funding for my business, I, I took a leap out on faith. Like I didn't have no business loans. I didn't have no, no, nothing of that nature. Like I was just spending my own money out of my own pocket because that's how much I believed in this situation. You know what I mean? So the the biggest hurdle that I will say in this industry for my personal business that I've experienced is workers. That's that's the biggest hurdle, honestly. Like, and it's the craziest thing to say that. But business wise, like that, I, I can knock that out all day. Like, you know, leasing agreements, things of that nature, funding, contracts. Um, you know, the city the city went very smoothly with me. They they worked with me. I didn't have any problems. Like I said, because it was already an existing building. Um, and it was already a salon before there wasn't a lot of red tape. If you get a building that wasn't a salon before, sometimes there's red tape because they have to make sure that it's up to code to handle the type of things that you're going to be doing. You know what I mean? So because it was already a hair salon before they already basically had it in their system, in their archives, like, Oh, okay, this is what it is. This is the electricity that you need for this. This is the plumbing that you need for this. These are the things that you need to run your business without any, without any problems going down. So literally like the biggest hurdle I would say is finding awesome employees. <laughs> Who's your longest employee that you have, that you have at? You said my longest employee? Yeah. Um, her name is Tasha B. She's like one of my good, 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 good friends. And she's been there since day one, since before I opened the doors. What are you offering to that area with the red carpet hair studio? Like what, what's, what's different from you than Kavon? I don't even know if Kavon's hair shack is still there, but what's different? Um, I you know, what sets I'm, you apart in that area? I'm offering people a luxury experience. You know, the crazy thing about it, and I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this being from this area and now living in Los Angeles. I think when people think of the Inland Empire, they think of Marina Valley, they think of Riverside, they think of these kind of things. They don't associate high end with these areas, which is very unfortunate. You know what I mean? Like they don't associate luxury with the Inland Empire. They don't associate nice things they associate basically like you know i mean people just live here they're just like it's just somewhere to live it's so far it's this it's that it's not you know it's not a nice place like that and the crazy thing is there's a lot of money in the inland empire like well let me let me say this because um you know blacks out there our people our demographic our family they all own their homes out there and with that, you know, the cost of it's not that cheap like people think it is anymore. But they have discretion. I feel like they have more discretionary income 
out that way than they do here in L.A. because of the overhead here in L.A. It costs more to live, you know, the gas, the the time versus in the Merino Valley. I do feel like the people out in the Inland Empire, you know, do a little, they have more discretionary income. Absolutely, they do. Does they, that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, The people out here are, I feel like, honest to God, the people out here are more responsible. Like, you find more homeowners in the Inland Empire, you find more people, you know, they, they pay more attention to their money. Like you said, they have more, they have more income to do a lot of things that they would like to do. Now they might work other places or outsource themselves for work and things of that nature. But because the cost of living, it's not cheap because my house wasn't cheap. None of the properties that I own are cheap, but it's just not as expensive. You know what I mean? People out here, I think are more mindful of their money, if that makes any sense. So when it comes to my clients, when it, when it comes to my clientele, like I deal with business owners, I deal with doctors, I deal with lawyers and things of that nature. I think that people get so caught up in the hype of their area when they live in other areas that it costs them to spend money that they don't necessarily have to try to fit in with what's going on. Right. Right. I mean, that's true. And, you know, we, we again, we're from the same place. I'm very familiar with what you're talking about. I remember, too, when you first started this journey of opening your own salon, I kept telling you, come to L.A. because you do celebrity hair. You've been you work in Hollywood. You you know, if you've done that whole or you do that whole thing, I don't, you know, I'm sure you got some celebrity clients because I've seen you out here before working. But. I was trying to convince you to come out here, come out here. You would thrive. You would do well. You already got the celebrity clientele come out here. And you kept telling me, no, no, no. I'm about to open up a shop in the Inland Empire. I'm about to open up a shop in the Inland Empire. Like six, seven years later, you're thriving. You are the luxury experience for hair in that area. So, and that, you know, that that is basically what you're, you know, you knew in your heart, you knew in your mind, you had a goal, you knew what was out there. You first saw the success of your your business out there, you know what I mean? Because of that discretionary income and that untapped market in that area. Right. You know what I mean? Because they have black, you know, they have black salons there, but you brought what you were doing here in LA with these celebrities and out to Moreno Valley. So people go into the red carpet hair studio and they feel like they... About to go to the Oscars or something. And that's exactly exactly what what my intentions were. You know, the thing is, you have to see a market for something and you have to offer people something that no one else is offering them. So my thing was like this. Why should everyone that lives in this area drive an hour and a half to get a luxury experience when I can bring the luxury experience to them? You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if you drive to L.A. every day to go to work. Nobody wants to drive to L.A. on their off day or nobody wants to stay in L.A. afterwards. Nobody wants to drive to San Diego on their off day to get their hair done and half their whole day is spent on travel. So why not bring that experience to here? Because the money is here. You know what I mean? The money is here. Like I said, homeowners are here, doctors, lawyers nice cars, this and that, you know, and it's not so pretentious out here. Everyone is not trying to be something out here. Sometimes, you know, when you get caught up in the areas that you live or in the things that are going on where you live and things of that nature, like you feel like you have to put on for certain things. And out here, it's not like that. Out here, what you see is what you get. And people are honestly working hard and they're making it happen, but they want to feel luxury just like everybody else does, you know? So instead of making the money go to the luxury, why not bring the luxury to the money? And you got people, you mentioned people driving from, you know, the Inland Empire to come to L.A. to get their hair done or for that experience. And you brought it out to the Inland Empire. You got clients out here that leaves L.A. to go out there to the red carpet hair studio to get their hair done. So you kind of 
reverse the roles or whatever. Absolutely. You're providing an experience for people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You know, so, if, you're, if you're giving out good quality work, the people will travel. The people will come to wherever you are. You know what I mean? Because like you said, I, I still have celebrity clients. I still have clients that I, that I deal with in Los Angeles for various TV projects and this and this and that. So, but I mean, if it's on a regular day basis and you need your hair done, hey, you got to come to where I'm going to be at. So where I'm going to be at is at the Red Carpet Hair Studio. So if you want the services that I'm providing, you got to come to where I'm at. I can't always stop what I'm doing and, and block off a whole day just for one person. You know what I mean? And it's so funny, like when my little celebrity clients walk into the salon or things of that nature and people are just like, oh, wow, like you do their hair. Like, yeah, I've been doing their hair. And most of the time I just do it on set or things of that nature. But hey, if you just need your hair done because you got somewhere to go and you want to be cute, you got to come to where I'm at and this where I'm at. Shout out to that too. Shout out for seeing potential and for, and I'm pretty sure you're starting to, you started a trend out there with this experience thing. Let me tell you something so funny, Sean. When I tell you like the way that my salon looks, no other salon in Inland Empire has ever looked that way, right? So now I've had people that have either worked in my salon and are no longer there anymore or that have just visited it or know people. And when I tell you the way that my salon looks, there's at least three other salons that are trying to look as though my salon looks right now. It's so funny to me. And I mean, I find it flattering. You know what I mean? They say imitation is the highest form of flattery. So that's fine to me. If you would like to take my concept, my whatever I got going on and use that for your benefit, go for it. I mean, honestly, y'all, they could have hired me. I would have got their shops together for them. I, you know, I'm not that type of person. <laughs> I'm, you know, nothing is exclusive to me. These stations I, I had custom made, that's not exclusive to me. The same person who made mine can make some for you. The couches that I have, that's not exclusive to me. You know what I mean? What is exclusive to me is my service. That's the only thing. The only thing that's exclusive is how you feel when you're in my salon. And that's what sets me apart from other salons. Everybody, we can all have the same salon that looks exactly the same, but the experience is not going to be the same. So You're giving drinks and shit when we go in there. Absolutely. I mean, you can get a margarita, you can get <laughs> champagne, you can get wine. You know, it, it's just a whole different type of experience. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you feel welcomed, you feel luxury, and you just feel at home all at the same time. You know what I mean? And that's what I try to tell people. Even when I go and I teach classes and things of that nature, I honestly tell people that the reason why people are going to come to you is not because you're the best hairstylist in the world. Because honestly, everybody's doing hair. Oh, customer service and experience. Customer people service pay, and yeah, experience. Definitely. People pay for what they like. People pay for how they feel. You know what I mean? So I can do the same thing that right. somebody else does and they might do it better, but guess what? They're not going to make you feel the way that I make you feel. Definitely. And you're not cheap. So, <laughs> you know, you the fact that you are thriving out there, you are going to dive into the expansion and a little bit later, but the fact that you're thriving out there, you're not cheap, your service is not cheap, you know, it's very telling to what you saw six years, seven years ago when you took the leap and opened up your own salon. You know what I mean? Right. And so shout out to that too. And shout out for like investing into our community and where we're from. Cause we need experiences like that. Like I said, I got people from LA driving out to the Inland Empire to go to the red carpet hair salon, our studio to get their hair done. So shout out to, you know, doing that. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of people, we know where we're from. A lot of people try to come out here and end up falling flat on their face out here. And you was like, nah, let yeah, me it's oversaturated. You know what I mean? It's it oversaturated. Yeah. The, the thing about it is, like I said, there's money here. So even if people are willing to travel to Los Angeles for certain things, somebody's coming all the time. It gets old after a while. After sitting on the freeway so many times, it, it gets old, you know. So I encourage other business owners 
to open things out here. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, we'll talk about expansion. Like I, I have so many ideas in my brain of other things that I feel like we need out here. That is just as soon as I, you know, I'm taking the time to try to oh, carve you gonna make it, it out. Happen. Yeah. I'm trying to take the time to carve it out to, to get it just right. You know what I mean? Cause that's my thing. I mean, you can throw something up real, real quick, but if you take your time, carve it out and get it just right, then it's going to succeed, you know? And that's my plan right, right, right. for my area. You know what I mean? Like, man, we got to get it. Like, there's too much money that we're leaving on the table for people to have to travel for certain experiences from from lounges to restaurants to, you know, just nightlife to anything of that nature. You know, so there's too much money being left on the table. What do they need out there besides the red carpet hair studio? Um, what do you I wish that we, they had in the Empire? I wish that we had some other, you know, luxury nail salons, luxury skin care facilities, um, massages, you know, things of that nature. Just a whole, my thing is I, I, I would like to create a spot where you can have a whole beauty experience. You know what I mean? Like I would like to create a location. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Where it's, it's a salon slash massage parlor slash nail salon you know just to where people can come and get a whole entire experience like i would like for us to to cater to like wedding parties or you know if you would like to book it for your birthday and get your hair done get your nails done get a whole beauty experience like that would that would be my goal as far as you know expanding on the beauty aspect of my career because i just feel like that's something that you don't run across that often but people always ask about it every single day when someone comes into my salon they're like you guys have somebody here that does nails because one-stop shop is where it's at. You know what I mean? If you can get your whole right, beauty right. experience in one location, you're going to thrive because people don't have time to run to this place, that place, this place, that place. And that another. why not get my nails done while I wait? Why not get a facial while I wait? Why not get my lashes done while I wait? Why not get microbladed while I wait? You know what I mean? Or 
or just be here all day, create a whole beauty day for myself to where I'm just here and I'm just being pampered all day long. Well, you, I mean, you, you, you brought that. There's an element that exists. There's that element that exists at the red carpet hair studio and the expansion. Let's jump into like expanding the business. Do you have, you know, any near aspirations on, are you opening up another location? Um, are you currently, moving to a bigger building? I, I am looking for a, a new a new um, location. Um, you know, my thing is, I, I mean, it's great to have more than one, but sometimes when you have more than one, something's going to suffer. Like, you know what that I mean? saturation. Yeah, yeah, it's the saturation. Something is going to suffer. You know what I mean? I, I can't be two places at one time. I, I can't I can have somebody manage another location if I would like to, but why not just expand on what I have as opposed to, trying to make one over here and one over here you know what i mean like because then it's like well am right. i getting the same thing over here that they're getting over there you know what i mean so then it's kind of like a back and forth type of thing plus i i like to be hands-on that was another reason why i wanted to open a salon because the last salon that i worked at the owner didn't work there because he didn't do hair he wow. just owned the building so if you just own the building and you just collect money from everyone my thing is you don't understand the importance of certain things because you're not there to see it if a shampoo bowl breaks, he didn't understand that it needs to be fixed ASAP because we're suffering without one. You know what I mean? But because you're not here, you're just like, oh, well, somebody will get to it. If you don't understand right. hair, right. people that own hair salons but don't understand hair, you're not getting the importance of certain things that are going on. You know what I mean? And that's the problem. Like, just like, I mean, it's possible for people to open businesses that they don't necessarily do, I'm sure, but it just doesn't. You don't give it the same kind of attention. You know what I mean? Is that makes sense to you? Same, yeah, right, it doesn't hit right. the same if you don't do it. I mean, I can open up a freaking nail salon. You know, I know how to run a business, but I don't know how to do nails. I do know enough about it, but that's not really my judge. So even when I add that aspect in, I need someone who's an expert in that field to let me know exactly what we're going to need, to let me know exactly what I would need to give these nail techs for everything to run smoothly. You see what I'm saying? I don't do facials. They taught us that in cosmetology school, but that's not my avenue. So to add that aspect into my salon, I need to get with an esthetician that can tell me exactly what they're going to need to do their best work. Please let me know what kind of lighting you're going to need. Please let me know what kind of equipment you're going to need. Please let me know what behind the scenes things I need to provide so you can do your job at its most effective point. You see what I'm saying? Speaking of business too, like how did COVID, if at all, affect your business? Did COVID, what did it do to um, you know business. what I think COVID did for my business? COVID gave me a moment to sit back and to reflect, honestly. Like, it, it didn't shut my business down. Um, I mean, you know, we had closures and things of that nature, but people that support are always going to support, you know, because at the end of the day, we were all in this together. So it wasn't as though it was something that the Red Carpet Hair Studio was going through that the American public wasn't going through, if that makes sense. So it kind of was like my customers understand and I understand because guess what? We're all in the thick of this together. All we can do is is wait it out and see what's going to happen. I mean, we still cater to, you know, some of our exclusive clientele because when you have customers that are doctors that still got to go to work and look some type of way, when you have a customer that's a lawyer that still needs to get on a Zoom meeting every other day, we have a customer that is in the entertainment industry and still have Zoom interviews and this and that, you know, so you just, we get tested, we make sure we're being safe and things like that. Sure. But COVID gave me a chance to sit down and to reflect because a lot of times as business owners, as people, period, we're just going, 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 going. And I never sat back and took the time to 
think about the things that I had going on or to think about, you know, the next steps for my salon because I just got so complacent in where I was at. I'm making awesome money. I'm doing everything. I can do this like the back of my hand with my eyeballs closed. So why change it? You know what I mean? But once that happened, it was just like, oh my God, there's so many other things that I would like to do. There's so many other avenues that I would like to go down. Now I have the time to sit down, to process them, to write them out. Because, you know, being a busy person, you're always busy. So I wake up, I do my thing in the morning, I head to the salon. I might be there all night. By the time I come home, I don't have time to sit down and jot down no ideas. I don't have time to sit down and brainstorm. I don't even have time to really think about the things that happen in that day because I'm getting ready for the next day. So right, it basically right, right. just gave me a chance to sit down, to map out some things, to reflect on some things, you know, to see where I've come from, to see where I would like to go and to jot down the plan. So now basically it's about executing the plan because COVID showed us that anything can happen at any time that we have no control over. Definitely, definitely. Do you do just black hair? Um, No, we, we do every kind of hair. If it's on your head, we do it. Here's, here's the crazy thing. <laughs> if it's on your head, we'll do it. The crazy thing about, you know, being an African-American hairstylist, which is such a blessing, they don't teach you that in cosmetology school. When we're in cosmetology school, we learn on primarily Caucasian hair. Those are the things that they teach us from hair coloring to curly perms to highlights to, to things of that nature. Literally, like the black hair care experience is not even a third of the cosmetology book, which is so crazy because it's a million dollar industry. Wow. Right. So all the things that so you mean to tell me in cosmetology school, they're not teaching you about and I don't I don't got no hair, but I got sisters and moms and homegirls and shit like they don't teach you about heat on hair because I know that's a thing for black hair. Don't put too much heat on it. Um, They teach you you a pressing curl. They teach you a pressing curl and they teach you a jerry curl. And a relaxer. They're still teaching a jerry curl. In this day and age, they're still teaching. Because I don't know if you know, but I have my cosmetology instructor's license. So I've been back to school and learned the whole curriculum all over again. And, you know, I I thought once upon a time that I was going to go back and teach the people. But I just don't have time for that. But if I get like 50 and I'm kind of bored, I might do it. You know, I go teach specialty classes. I go teach advanced training and things of that nature. But I don't have time to. A master class. Yeah, I don't have time to be actual cosmetology instructor for people trying to get their license but the crazy thing is they teach you how to do a relaxer they teach you how to do a jerry curl and they teach you how to do a pressing curl they don't teach you no braids they don't teach you no weaves they don't teach you and they don't even teach you a pressing curl the proper way you know what i mean like nobody puts grease on their hair to press it no more like no one's doing that like and they're still teaching that you know so that's another thing i don't know that's a whole another project that i would need to delve into but i don't know who I need to meet with, who I need to speak with, how many people I need to get to sign petitions, things of that nature, because it's just like you're not equipping these people with the tools that they really need to thrive in these industries. So if you don't either know them before you get there or get somebody to take you under their wing or do your own research or do your own master classes and things of that nature, you're going to be at a disadvantage. Like, thankfully, when I got to cosmetology school, I had already been doing hair my whole entire life. So I knew everything about a pressure right. curl. I knew how to put a weave in. You know, it wasn't the best weave because it was 100 years ago, but it was a weave because they never taught that. <laughs> right, right. Have you seen, like, okay, so as a guy, I remember coming up. I mean, you remember this, too, when girls used to, and you kind of always have long hair, like mm-hmm. natural long hair. So it wasn't a thing for you. Or maybe it was, but you remember like peop girls used to 
like lie and say it was their hair. They would have a weave and they'd be like, oh, this is my hair or a mixture or whatever. Now it's all, well, I don't even think girls wear weaves anymore. Do girls wear weaves? Absolutely, they're still wearing weaves. Here's the thing about weaves now. I just think weaves are not so cliche anymore because everyone's doing it. Yeah, you know it's I mean? a status symbol. Right, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a cliche anymore. You know what's, the, what's cliche now? Natural hair. Uh, people having their natural hair is the new like, oh, wow, that's your natural hair. You know what I mean? Because everyone is so used to now everyone having weaves from african-american women to caucasian women to asian women i mean i think the whole weave thing took a turn and a twist when people found out that kim kardashian had a partial weave in her head and it was like the braided up kind like like the black girls get you know what i mean when that show was oh very, wow yeah. when she first started and she had keeping up with the kardashians I and mean, she wore a little sewn in weave like the black girls do like and then everybody was like, oh, my God, this really every this is what you're doing. OK, cool. But African-American women have been doing that for years. Kim Kardashian puts two cornrows in her hair. Now, all of a sudden, these are the boxer <laughs> braids. Like African-American women have been doing that for years. Since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of my time. Sister and mom. Yeah. 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 What about this wig thing? Like, are you is that a part of the red carpet hair studio experience? Um, Here's the thing. I think that, you know, wigs are definitely an awesome tool if you need them. I just think that they've gotten a little out of control. What happened was, <laughs> no, I really, honestly, it's like taking over a life of its own. What happens is, here's how things happen, Shawna. You know this, you know, being in entertainment and being in this, things become a trend. So what started with, if you want to take it all the way back, the very first person I ever saw wear a lace front was RuPaul. And that lace right. front, baby, when I tell you, because RuPaul is bald and it's, you know, a bald head, it looked perfect. It laid perfect. It looked perfect. And then it, that's the only person you ever saw wear. You know what I mean? Now people are taking it because celebrities want to change their hair every five seconds. And that makes sense to me. I understand it for the purpose that it's for. I don't think it's for the everyday girl because gluing all that stuff on your forehead, shaving your real forehead hair off to glue a wig down is foolish. Wait, they, sh they shave their real <laughs> like I they shave their real shave forehead their off? foreheads like their baby hairs off their real hair because if the if there's hair there the wig is not gonna lay down right so i've literally seen girls shave their hairline in order for a wig to lay right on their head like which is craziness to me because at the end of the day my main objective is always going to be healthy hair at the end of the day even if i have customers that wear weaves all the all the time when we take those weaves out their natural hair underneath is healthy because that's the point Protective style so they don't just be saying those are protective styles that really is that yeah if, if they're done properly I'm not a it's woman, really so a protective style you know what i mean because what it does is it gives your natural hair a chance to not have to get so much heat not have to get so much chemicals not have to get so much tension oh, on it all the time so when okay. it's braided up and you have a weave on top of it your natural hair just gets to rest and it just gets to grow you know what i mean but now with these wigs, right. of course, celebrities, I mean, you know, I, I've done TV, I do TV, I do movies, things of nature. So, of course, when you're talking about stuff like that, no, we cannot change your natural hair 10 times in one day for each setup of the thing. So we can plop a wig on it and it's brand new and boom, here you go. So it makes for a different look every single time. But just to be walking around with something glued down to your forehead, that's only going to last for a week at a time. Like literally the glue don't last forever. So it's just kind of like, you know, and it looks better on camera. That's what people don't understand. When they see pictures of people's wigs and things, and they're like, oh, my God, it looks so good. But everything films better than it looks in person. You know what I mean? Like right, everything right. is going to look better through the lens 
of a camera or through a television lens with some kind of filter on it that makes it look more perfect, you know? So it's just a fad. I mean, it's definitely going to be around for a while because, you know, it's the only way you can go from red hair one day to green hair the next day to black hair the next day is with a wig. Boom, pop that on. Because if you try to do that to your natural hair, it's going to be on the float. So it's definitely... It's definitely a trending thing right now. It's definitely a trending thing right now. So it's just popular right now. So what's your specialty though? Natural hair or? Um, like, my specialty, what's... I specialize in short hair. I specialize in weeds. Um, I specialize in natural hair. I mean, you know, my, my main objective is just healthy hair. And it doesn't matter if it's long or if it's short, as long as it's healthy. Like I would, my, my goal is if my clients, let's say something happens to me tomorrow and I can't do hair anymore. If my client goes somewhere else for someone else to do their hair, I want the next person who does their hair to be like, wow, whoever was doing your hair was taking awesome care of it. You know what I mean? Because I've done people's hair right. that have come from other places. And I'm just like, well, did your stylist ever cut your ends? Do they ever give you a deep conditioning? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Why is your hair so dry? Like, what are these things? Like, you can't tell me you're getting your hair done every week or every two weeks. And this is the condition that your hair is in. This is not a healthy condition at all. Wow. That's that's a whole new. So you look at somebody, when you're doing somebody's hair, you can tell that they haven't been properly caring for their hair or the person before you haven't been. You got to fix somebody else's work. Absolutely. And the crazy thing is that's what the pandemic showed a lot of people because when we get new people who maybe their stylists are no longer doing hair anymore or maybe they had COVID or maybe they're dealing with some family members that have COVID or something like that. Now I have to go into your head that somebody else was doing and I have to analyze and I have to see because my very first thing that I'm going to do on a consultation is I'm going to go over what your hair is doing at this current moment. Because here's the thing, A, it's so I know what steps I need to take in order to get your hair where I need to be. And B, I need you to know that I know what's going on with it right now so you don't try to act like that was me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, we can't have those kind of right. problems. If you already got a broke off patch, I'm going to show you the broke off patch. We're going to take a picture of it. We're going to discuss it because I need you to not leave out of here and be tomorrow like, oh my gosh, she broke my hair off right here. No, we discussed that when you came in. It started that way before I ever put my hands in it, you know? So it's kind of like just, you know, a backup plan for myself as well as for the client so they know. Because sometimes if people do your hair all the, all the time and they mess something up, they might not tell you. Have you ever had to refuse service? Um, because I have. Of, I mean, um, I've never refused oh, service. Wow. I've never refused service because of the condition somebody's hair is in. But I will refuse service if I honestly, Sean, for me. Like I said, I started doing this because this is what I love to do. It's never been about the money. I've been blessed to make a lot of money by doing what I love, but I have to stay true to myself. So if I don't believe in something that you would like to do to your hair, I can't do it. I can't just do something because that's what you want. You know what I mean? Like it goes back to that. That should be in any industry. It's just my moral code that I won't allow myself to do. If I don't feel like your hair is healthy enough to handle something, I'm not going to give it to you because what's going to happen is when it goes left, you're going to blame me. You're not going to tell anyone that, you know, this is really what you wanted to do. You know what I mean? If it makes sense, we see it all the time in things and people like to throw money at situations. Look at, you know, look at all these people who've died on the plastic surgery table. So then they're like, oh my God, the surgeon, the surgeon, the surgeon. Then we go back and we do some more research and it's like three other surgeons told you no because your body could not handle this. But you found someone who was willing to take the money and take the risk and do it anyway and you paid for it with your life. So I'm laughing because that that happens a lot too. But yeah, yeah, so I feel that. You know what I mean? This too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I completely understand. What is 
you've been doing hair your whole life. What is good hair and bad hair and healthy hair? I get offended when I hear people say good, I, especially black people. I get offended when I hear black people say good hair. Um, I, you what know, is good hair? There's, there's the, the hair on your head is good hair. Like, you know, I, I, there's, there's no such thing as good hair or bad hair, honestly. Like, my right hand to God, because here's the thing. There's more manageable hair, and there's difficulter hair to manage. But here's the thing. Everyone wants to say, oh, you have good hair. If you have curly hair, this and this and that. But the truth be told, 90% of people that have naturally curly hair, your hair is typically dry, and your ends are typically horrible. Because... The process that you have to go through to wear your hair curly, like for me, I have curly hair. So if I would like to wear my hair curly, the products that I have to put in my hair to keep it curly and looking nice, dry it out. So if I wear it curly for too long, my ends are going to be terrible. See what I'm saying? Right, now, if you have right. thick hair, then somebody might be like, oh, that's, that's bad hair. But thick hair, the hairstyles last the longest. They look the fullest. They look the best. You know, things of that nature. So... I mean, the good hair is healthy hair. That's what I'm going to say. And bad hair is unhealthy hair. If your hair is healthy, whether it's curly, whether it's straight, it's good hair. Now, if your hair is unhealthy, the ends are bad, it's chemically damaged, it's dry, then that's bad hair because that's stuff that we have to work through. That's more of a process. Good hair is anything that's healthy and we can get in here and we can do the service ASAP and we don't have any hiccups along the way. You know what I mean? But that just came from a stigma where people being like, oh, you have curly hair. Like people think like I have good hair. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Like I appreciate my hair. But I mean, it's still a lot of work. Like, or if you have long hair, (laughs) long hair is cool, but it's only so much stuff you can do with long hair. You can wear it down and you can wear it up. Boom. You can straighten it. You can curl it. After after that, then what? Like I actually think short hair is more funky because you can change a short haircut up all the time from spikes to curls to finger waves to this to that to that and the other. With short hair, you can color it all. Your mom is a queen of short hair. Right. With short hair, you can color it all kind of different ways because guess what? It's short, so it's not going to damage it the way it would damage long hair because you're constantly cutting it because it's short. You know what I mean? So, good hair is is hair that's healthy. So, so when somebody asks you what's good hair from here on out, you make sure you tell them, Sean, healthy hair. (laughs) <laughs> I'm definitely going to say that because I hate when I hear people say, oh, she got good hair or he got good hair. I'm like, what the hell is good hair? Good hair is healthy hair. You know what I mean? And, right. You know, we we hear that a lot in our community, and it just sounds so ignorant to me. It and, is. I mean, you, you know, know, the crazy thing is people there, look back, they look back at at uh, Keisha Knight-Polium when she was Rudy. Rudy has the thickest roughest looking two ponytails like they always had them nice and slick but that hair was thick baby you know what i mean and people were just like oh my god it's so much hair it's rough it's this it's that it's a lot of hair to deal with blah 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 and then as soon as she got a little bit older and somebody pressed that thing out they were like oh my god her hair is full it's silky it's you know it's i mean look at blue ivy right blue ivy Exactly, exactly. Now that they done gave Blue Ivy a little press out, honey, like now everybody's like, oh my God, her hair is so nice. You know what I mean? But people don't look back. People look at Beyonce and they don't look back at pictures of her when she looks like that lady has a lot of nice hair up underneath all that stuff. But the reason why she keeps it nice is because she can't do it every single day, her natural hair and perform and sweat it out and do all that. So absolutely she puts a wig on. Why not? Yeah, that's, that's, that, that is, I mean, that's a larger that's a whole other episode, the good hair, bad hair, bl- black hair, managing thing. I'm sure when you write your book, <laughs> your how-to guide, you know, Nicole Ray hair, you would kind of break that down and the stigmas and hair care, proper hair care. What I do want to see 
Nicole Ray Hair. Mind you, too, listeners, I made that name up. You stuck with it too. When did I tell? When did I give you that that social media name? Man, Nicole we Ray had Hair? we had a meeting like like a lot of years back. I think before I ever even opened the salon, <laughs> stuck had, with it. I did. I stuck with it. Nicole Ray Hair. But listen, what I want you to do, what I want Nicole Ray Hair to dive into, Red Carpet Hair Studio. I gotta do. You gotta get a, a barber and a few barbers in there. Some because when I come out there, I want to pop in and get my beard lined up. You know what I mean? Um, I'm so definitely in the process, be... right? I'm definitely in the process of doing some more hiring. You know, the, the thing that I try to tell people, like that, that is for me the hardest, the hardest part of of being a business owner because I'm not the type of owner that's just gonna hire everybody. Like I've worked at places right. where they let any and everybody work there, you know? So when I first started year one, I absolutely hired everybody. You want a job, you want to work here? Boom, come on. And you have to learn to weed out the bad apples because in this type of setting, it's really like a family, you know what I mean? And if you have people that are not- and It's very seeing, intimate. It's yeah. very intimate. We have to see each other quite often. We have to work in close quarters with each other. And if you have the wrong kind of team in there, the camaraderie is just terrible. So I'm blessed to be at a place now to where the team that I have is strong. So, I mean, I do need about one or two barbers in there, but it's just finding the right one to, because you got to be a special type of barber, especially if you're a male, to be able to deal with being in a salon with all women, the women conversations, the things of that nature. So you got to be a, a strong little cookie in order to deal with that stuff, you know? So the it's just going to either take a female barber, that's super, super dope, or it's going to take a male barber that is confident in himself and can roll with the punches. You know what I mean? Like, we don't talk about too much stuff in there. But, you know, the conversations get a little different when it's men and women. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. What are some tips that you have for our listeners? Like, go-to product. You got some products in development. We haven't even t talked on that. But, like, what tips do you have for our listeners, especially our black women? Um, what do you want the girls to stop doing? I, I want them to, you know, understand that, that the hair care starts from within. Like, so make sure you're drinking your water. Make sure you're taking your vitamins. I'm actually coming out with a hair vitamin line. I mean, it, it, it's here. I already personally use it and people at my salon use it. I just haven't brought it to the masses yet because I'm still, you know, working out all the kinks and things that I need to just making that's sure. The next, we will dive into that on the next episode. Right. But, you know, make sure that, you know, you're, you're eating well, you're taking care of your body because, you know, hair growth starts from the inside. So if you're not eating the right stuff, if you're not doing the right thing, then what comes out from your scalp is going to be terrible. You know, make sure you're keeping your hair moisturized and things of that nature. Because oftentimes with us African-Americans, our hair tends to be drier because our skin tends to be drier sometimes. So, you know, you have to make sure you keep your hair moisturized, use the right product. You know, I'm not going to plug any product lines or anything right now because that's, um, they didn't pay me for that. They didn't give me no checks for that. But, <laughs> but you know, and make sure you're taking care of it. Make sure you're cutting your ends, things of that nature. Just make sure if you don't know what you're doing, get with someone who knows what they're doing. You know what I mean? Oftentimes, I think we as a people let ourselves struggle for the greater good. But even if you can't go all the time, if you go to get your hair done once a month, so somebody can give you the proper hair care that you need at least that one time every single month to make sure that your hair is doing what it needs to do. That's, that's basically it. Just take care of it. Ladies, ladies, you hear that? Ladies, take care of your hair, eat well, drink water, mind your business. Right. You know, and, mind the business that pays you. Exactly. <laughs> and for our listeners, where can they 
actually plug your salon. Give us your salon address, your hours, and how they could book an experience at the red hair, red hair, an experience at the red carpet hair studio. So the red carpet hair studio is located at 23887 Sunny Mead Boulevard, Suite D as in dog. Marino Valley, California, 92553. Telephone number is 951-379-1740. To book an experience at the Red Carpet Hair Studio, all you have to do is go to www.redcarpethairstudio.com. And when you go on there, it'll show you everything about the salon, the services we offer. It'll have a list of the stylists and what they specialize in. It will also have a link that you can click to book an appointment directly through there. Um, you can also go to Nicole Ray here on all social media platforms and there'll be a link there as well that you can click and it'll take you directly to our scheduling site. Long gone are the days of writing stuff down in an appointment book. Long gone are the days of, you know, talking on the telephone to book appointments and things of that nature. Um, it's going to tell you what days are open, what times are open, what stylists are open. It's going to tell you pricing. So we don't have to go back and forth through the conversation about the pricing because it's all there in black and white. And I'll put all that information, all the links and all the social media in the description of this episode. You are Nicole Ray Hair. N-I-C-O-L-E-R-A-E-H-A-I-R. And again, all that information is going to be the description of this episode. Let me get this off my chest, too, because I... Thoroughly enjoyed. I enjoy everything I do when it comes to this podcast and shit. But you have, I've been telling you this for years. I want you to get in front of the camera. I want you to get in front of the mic. I want you to do something with this personality. So hopefully we see that at the end of, by the end of 2021. Can you promise me that? Man, there's there's definitely so much more to come, Sean. You know, we're definitely going to have to sit down. You know, I mean, you, man, you're supposed to be my manager like 100 years ago. You're supposed to be on my team. This is the <laughs> I problem. Am. Right. This is the, you know, being a one-woman team, you know, trying to make it all happen. I, I finally got a little squad of people. But yeah, absolutely. You, there's definitely so much more to come from Nicole right here and from the Red Carpet Hair Studio. I mean, check your local listings. You never know where, where you might see me or this space. <laughs> Or this salon, like there's, you know, big things to come. So we'll definitely have to come back and sit back down after those things transpire. And we'll talk about all things that are Nicole right here that are going on in the world. <laughs> all right. We, we, we go hold you up to this. And again, thank you for tapping into another episode of ASAP, another Sean Island podcast. Make sure you follow and subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple, please, please rate, subscribe and write a review. See you guys on the next one. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.